Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Look out. Is only films to be buried with The Resurrection. Hello and welcome to Films to be Buried with The Resurrection. My name is Brett Goldstein. I'm a comedian, an actor, a writer, a director, a silly putty and I love film. As Lou Holtz once said, I can't believe God put us on this earth to be ordinary, and I can't believe he meant us to watch Bridesmaids only once. Yeah, you're not wrong, it really does hold up to multiple viewings. Thanks, Lou Holtz. Every week I invite a special guest over, I tell them they've died, then I get them to discuss their life through the films that meant the most to them. But not this week. This week I use my newly acquired shamanic powers to bring back a former guest from the dead and ask them 12 new questions. And this week, it's the amazing Jamila Jamil's turn. Head over to the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein, where you'll get the entire episode uncut as a video. There's also 15 minutes extra chat with Jamila and three new questions, including her choice for best soundtrack to a film. And she also has a cracking secret and you'll love it. So check it out at patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein. Also, check out the now complete full box set to my fake reality TV show, Lone Island, on instagram.com forward slash Mr. Brett Goldstein, which aired its devastatingly emotional season finale on Sunday night. I recorded this episode a few weeks back with Jamila, back in lockdown. We did it over Zoom. She's staying in LA. It was so much fun and you will absolutely love it. So that is it for now. I very much hope you enjoy episode 106 of Films to be Buried with The Resurrection. Hello and welcome to Films to be Buried with The Resurrection. It is I, Brett Goldstein, and I'm joined today by an activist, an archivist in a way, a spokesperson, an actor, a writer, an incredible podcaster, new skill, thank you, a game show host, a something other show host that we don't get in the UK that I haven't seen yet, a performer, a genius, a wonder... And the next president of the United States, please welcome to the show, <laughs> the amazing Jamila Jamil. Oh, hello. Thank you for that. How uh, you are you? Say, um, you forgot to say uncancelable. I appear to be uncancelable. Oh, That's yeah. my new race. God knows I will keep trying. I will keep oh, God, trying, God, Jamila. I know, I know, I know. I feel like the brown Piers Morgan. I just can't, you can't get rid of me. <laughs> you can try. Oh Obviously, God. I'm less of a twat, but you know. Well, wow. 
Um... Wow. <laughs> Welcome back to the show. Now, you have come back, very kindly come back, very grateful to have you back. We are doing this over the interweb. You are in Los Angeles, in lockdown. How yeah. is it? It's fucking fine. I, uh, I've i been training for this my whole life. This uh-huh. is my Olympics. I was a very lonely teenager. I've always been a lazy cunt. Uh, and so for me, being forced to lie in bed for five months is my sweet spot. And it's what I didn't know I always needed. I'm terrified for humanity, mm. but I am Equally personally... terrified they'll find the cure. Is that what you're saying? I just I I said this actually on my own podcast because I have my own podcast Brett um the other day that I there's a tiny part of me that only just for me personally only me Mm. I'm afraid of being allowed back out I don't want to I don't think me going out and seeing people is a good idea for them not me yeah because I'm not amazing at socializing as you know no (laughs) we we have this in common I think what I've realized is I, I use so much of work to avoid going to dinner parties or whatever. So now I feel like, oh, I never need to work again because of the old thank you corona. Do you know what I mean? Like I never have to go, can't go. Sorry, I can't come. (laughs) But also, are you doing the Zoom parties and stuff? It's happened. I find it incredibly stressful looking at eight people staring at people. You traitorous bastard. Oh, I tried it. It's really intense. And you realise that in real life you don't stare into so many faces at once and have to focus... Unless you're doing stand-up, and that is a short amount of time. Yeah. You, you're in and you're out. <laughs> I find it well stressful. Are you not doing any Zoom parties? I haven't done one single Zoom party. And I uh, I just, like, I laid down the law. I laid down the law week one of lockdown. I was like, absolutely not. I'm not participating in this. Right. At the time, I thought this was just going to be like a three-week thing, like New Zealand mm-hmm. did, because they actually they did this sensibly. But now it's maintained. I refuse to do a bloody pub quiz. I refuse to be part of it. I don't want to. I'm socially anxious. You can't do an Irish exit. What are you going to do? Just shut your laptop and fuck uh, off. Like, yeah, there's yeah. no way out. You're just trapped inside and there's a delay. It's so awkward and everyone's being... Uh, an exacerbated version of themselves yes Uh, here is a tip that I have worked out because it is hard to get out of these things but what you can do is fake a bad internet connection and all you have to do is stay very still for about 30 seconds and then say what after that 30 seconds and then people go your your connection is bad and you go (laughs) <laughs> and then you hang up then you hang up and then you text and go oh man my internet's fucked <laughs> i don't have uh, i have too much integrity to do that i um, right. oh okay i uh, i just tell people straight up that i don't want to talk to them in groups i don't like it you know i'm a bit mm. deaf and i'm a bit of a prick frankly and i just like mm. i love a one-on-one you know this about me it's how we bonded yeah. i'm a one-on-one guy i cannot stand a group i never have been able to i didn't develop those social skills early like i didn't at, when i would go to school like parties at school and the rare off chance that someone invited me by accident or i just got a sweeping invitation uh i would give myself a job at the party have i told you this before uh go on what's your job making drinks so I would either clean, either clean, oh, clean. or yeah, or, <laughs> yeah. Well, the floors I'd, be, I'd, have a, I'd have a bin bag on me the whole night, and I'd be tidying up cups and crisps, packets. Uh, or I would become a coat check. Very big on becoming a coat oh. check. So I would stay near the entrance. Underrated gig. Yeah. Underrated yeah, coat, coat well. check. You get to leave the room constantly. I love that. That's smart. 
Well, yeah, but also like it was the only way I could engage with people is because they'd give me like a pound and I would look after their Oh, you charge so for it? At, sometimes. At parties you've been invited to? <laughs> yes, yeah, sometimes. If I got caught, I would do it for free. And that would be the only interaction I would have with anyone was uh, just giving them back their anorak. <laughs> and the and pound. After yeah. the host found you were doing it and made you return all the money. Sorry, everyone. So Sorry. I... So I've never had like this is why I didn't have my first kiss till I was twenty one. Like I've ne- I've always been super socially anxious, and so the mm. hilarity of the way that I'm depicted externally as like you know when I was like the T four it girl like living in Alexa Chung's ha- Alexa Chung's hand me down brogues, so like making a peace sign on a fucking red carpet. Like I didn't mean any of that. What the fuck <laughs> I was doing? I was just afraid, and I was copying everyone around me. Mm. But um, Los Angeles is a very like wonderfully isolated place and I live with two of my best friends and with James another form of best friend who I also bang and the best kind of best friend best kind of best friend the bangable best friend mm. and uh, and so we have this little kind of just uh, it's like a cult I guess I didn't realize that you, there's the other two are still there you're all isolating together yeah I, they never brilliant. left I was just it's well, I met them when I was 19. And so we've been friends for fuck me 15 years. And they're just the only people that I could imagine spending my life in this very strange place where I'm surrounded by so few English people. And I love Los Angeles. I'm not shitting on Los Angeles, mm. but oh, I, I, need, like I, need my, I need my Brits. Yeah. No, <laughs> I need my Brits here so it. that I don't, you know, become a dickhead. You need people that you can uh, be sarcastic with and say terrible things to. And- yeah, and also I make like an unbelievable amount of references to Argos and Tesco. Right. I don't know why. I think they're just like, they're, they're foundations of my being. And so I need people who immediately understand what when I'm saying. When people ask me to describe you, I say, she's Argos meets Tesco. Like that's how I yeah. pitch you as a character. <laughs> the budget section. Um yeah. And also, like, none of them care about what I do for a living at all. Like, none of them have seen anything I've done. Right. Jake's barely seen The Good Place. Uh, mm. Same with the boys. They, they, they honestly think I'm just, like, a delusional homeless person who uh, lies about what I'm going off to do. It's like, just going off to speak at the UN today, and they're like, sure you are, darling. <laughs> um, and so I think that's also good because of what, like, a sort of arse-lick nation Mm. Uh, Hollywood can be I mean when I was on when I was on The Good Place people would come up to me and, I, and they meant it you know in a very nice way but people would come up to me every day and say to me non-ironically in my face oh my god you're a princess and I like if I was fifth like 15 or 16 or 21 or whatever hearing that every single mm. day I would start to fucking believe that I'm a princess yeah Everyone laughs so much at everything you say. You can just, I'm just going to go for a piss and people will be like, <laughs> you're so crazy. Um, and so it's good to stay sane, mm. I think, with the people who treat you the worst. Yeah, I really uh, <laughs> am pleased to hear that. Uh, you, need yeah. to, you need to stay with people who, when you go, I'm going for a piss, they go, all right. And yeah, they, they so don't thanks go, for letting me know. You're a princess. She pisses. It's very weird. I feel like I could. I feel like I could fart and get a round of applause in some spaces in Hollywood. Um, just to be clear, okay, we'll move on. I Sorry, would, I know I you would hate, hate fart that. talk. <laughs> <laughs> you would. You would get the opposite of a round of applause, which I don't know what that is. Horrified yeah, silence yeah. from me, and I'd leave. You'd block my number. I'd, yeah. I'd end this podcast now. 
and just say to everyone, sorry, everyone, it's only a very short <laughs> one because Jamila Jamil, the princess, farted. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. You know, I farted what? loads at the good place. Did loads. You? Did you do it in front yeah. of Ted Danson? Do you feel like... You know what? There's one particular... There were many farts. That, I, that wasn't me farting just now. That was my chair. Okay. Can you imagine? Um, so, I, yeah, I had a couple of, like, really iconic fart moments <laughs> on the good place because... I I don't eat like American food. I've never eaten American food. It's like swallowing a nuclear bomb because mm. they put so much stuff in it, and it's all corn syrup and just sort of like I don't know, the bird flu or like something. <laughs> like, there's all <laughs> shit in it, and so I'm used to normal sort of English marks and sparks. Just you know that felt like crazy out there food for me, yeah. and so eating all the catering, which is delicious by the way my stomach didn't know what to do. So I was just like, my arsehole was basically open for the whole of season one. I was just farting constantly. I'm sorry, you've got your head in your hands. This is why you shouldn't bring me on your podcast because this is who I am. Anyway, there was there was one part I did where I had to look really emotional where Manny Jacinto, who plays Gianni, has mm-hmm. painted a painting of me and I'm supposed to walk in and yeah. be really moved by it. But I'd also, uh, as I'm walking in, every step I take, I do a little fart and I'm walking towards him and Kristen mm-hmm. Bell. And she's really short, so she's closer to my arsehole than oh, I am. Dear. So she's going to catch it first. You're regretting this, aren't you? No, I mean, you may as well finish the story. Okay, I'll, fine. And we'll wrap this so, up. I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't keep this for the Patreon. Um, <laughs> lucky, so, lucky patrons. This is what you pay for. Punish the Patreon. <laughs> so I couldn't walk in like a straight line. I had to keep trying to walk in steps so I could step and clench, step and clench, step right. and clench. That scene took about an hour to film just for me to walk in and look happy. And you know what's wrong with um, bloody sexism in Hollywood is I bet well, that people thought that that farting was the boom uh, operator. Yeah, you're right, you're right. That's the biggest problem in Hollywood. That right there is the is everything else I could live with, but the fact that the poor man holding the boom yeah. was blamed for your farts. Do you think we should start a political movement on Twitter called Not Me? Hashtag not me for no, men. No, it wasn't me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then another one, there was a really dramatic scene where we had to jump uh, into a time sort of capsule that would take us to the judge for the first time. This is in yes, season three. Sorry. And we had to run away from demons and jump through this sort of like time warp. And so it's all physically built and it's stunning the way they've done the set. And I presumed that you jump through it and then behind the curtain is just like loads of space and the rest of the studio. I was wrong. It was just a little box. So I jumped in and in the middle of the jump, because I was nervous because I don't like running and running makes me scared, I did a little fart (laughs) midair into the box that I thought would be like Mm. sort of infinite. And it was, in fact, just a tiny little fart coffin that I was stuck in. And I knew coming straight in after me would be William Jackson Harper (laughs) and then Kristen Bell and Ted Danson. And I just had to sit there with them as Kristen Bell and Ted Danson continued the most moving exchange they have in the entire series, both of them while trying to not acknowledge my palpable fart. So anyway, how have you been, Brett? (laughs) I can't believe you dropped one in a box with uh, Sam from Cheers. That is awful. I can't believe I didn't get fired. I was sure that that would be it. Yeah, so I mean, I'm so, I'm certainly going to write to Mike Sher and say, yeah, please, please talk about absolutely anything else. Change the subject immediately. <laughs> I'm feeling really hot in my face. 
Jamila, Jamil, you have been brought back to life. You get a second chance. But what point in your life would you like to come back? For those who are confused by the new concept of this show, last time Jamila was on it, she died. And now I'm bringing her back to life. So just yeah. to, it's, it's fairly new, this format. So let's <laughs> welcome back. <laughs> Thank you very much. Where would you, if you could come back from the dead, at which point in your life would you would you come back to? And would you change oh. anything? Oh, would I change anything? Uh, the bit I would go back to, is it, is it like a moment that I'm supposed to regret or I could have done something could differently be. or is it a great time? But it could be either. Let me see. Let I think... Me see. Mine's a bit dark, as always. Um, I so when I when I was seventeen, mm. I uh, got hit by a car into another car, broke my back. Uh, mm-hmm. I've told you this before, yeah. but um, people always express great sympathy towards me for that, and they're like, "Oh no, that must have been awful." It was fucking brilliant. Really? It was the best year of my life, thus like unmatched thus far, really? uh, because I had a morphine drip which feels like you're being kissed by angels mm. from the inside of your body out. Mm-mm. I'm not helping any kind of recovering heroin addict that's watching this. Um, but it's honestly like joy running up your veins. Mm. And so I was, I had morphine, I'd say almost for like six months. I was shit-faced and in the best possible way, watching TV, watching comedy, and great movies, which has equipped me for this podcast right now. So it's all come full circle. Okay. Um, but I, I, I kind of, I guess I'm reliving that that time now, just without all the drugs. Yeah. I'm so, just in bed watching great films, watching great TV, reminding myself of So just the to be clear, year. you've come back to the moment that you were hit by two cars and instead of not going into the road, <laughs> <laughs> you, you go, if anything, faster towards the cars. <laughs> Get a hit for longer, get yeah, more finger. Get a third card to hit you. You try and angle it right. Okay. Interesting. I had a great year. It was a great meditative year. It, like it, I grew up so much in that year. I mm. learned so much because I watched so much telly. I watched telly 24 hours a day and everything I know now, I think I learned from TV. It's how I learned how to be a TV presenter and an actor. It's because I was just absorbing like a sponge. Yeah. And so I think that is that was a fave year. It was an unexpected fave. So if you could go back, you're going to add, get yeah, hit by on. three cars and then what? watch different box sets because you've... You're going to use that time, get some more TV under your belt. Yeah, I think so. I think I think I could have Lovely. started watching The Sopranos back then. That's the only thing I missed out on. Yeah. But other than that, it was. Is that bad? Is that? Am I wrong? No, is that a bad answer? Uh, I just. I weirdly. No. I weirdly loved that year. I remember it only fondly. It's a lovely answer, actually, Jamina. Cool. Cool. <laughs> Cool, cool. Now you're back with the living. Yeah. Oh, by the way, but you've come back to that point, right? You're going to spend a year fucked out in that on on morphine and watching The yeah. Sopranos. And then you've got to live the rest of everything. So are you all right with that? I would do everything the same, except I wouldn't have got on a Twitter account, maybe. Oh, that is wise. That is the wisdom that is of the, thing of that the I Resurrected. Did. Yeah, it's the thing that I did wrong. Hindsight is twenty twenty. Yes. That sentence is really fucking me up because of the fact that we are now in 2020 <laughs> and 2020 seems to be the year of reckoning where we look back and realise yeah. that we've 
Uh, by the way, if you can hear a helicopter um, outside, it's because I am under arrest. Uh, okay. So don't worry. They're going to let me finish out this episode. That's Ted Danson. Um, yeah. He's already um, so yeah, I would I would have hindsight being twenty twenty is fascinating because it feels like this is the year that we're being punished for all of our collective sins. Mm. Like a bad environment, like bad healthcare hygiene. Why were we shaking hands? How disgusting was that all along? Disgusting. How dare we have ever gone bowling? Why the fuck did we bowl? I love bowling, but I can't believe I stuck my hand mm. in some some bowl that's never it's never ever been washed ever, yeah. and it's full of other people's hands. I don't know what they've been like if they've been playing with their asshole or something before they've gone mm. and put it inside the bowling ball, and then I've taken it out, not like frantically scrubbed my hands with a Brillo pad, mm. but instead I've just eaten some chips. Yeah, and just <laughs> to be clear for the, for the international listeners in Britain, when you go bowling, you play with your asshole before each. <laughs> But you never know. It's the same with shaking hands. Like now that I've kind of, you know, as I've grown older, I've realised how much time men spend with their hands down their underpants, mm. just playing, just playing, arranging, sort of working out the feng shui of their shaft and balls. That's a I, lovely way of putting it. Yeah. It's yeah, comfort and now as well. I, it's just yeah. comfort. What does it feel like, Brett, when, when, when you're playing with your balls? It feels like a giant, massive teddy bear. <laughs> right. <laughs> A giant, so, and when I say teddy bear, I mean like a giant, hairless, solid <laughs> rocket <laughs> that's attached to my waist, but is also comforting in a non-threatening way. Like a skinless cat. <laughs> mm, like a skinless, not skinless, sorry, hairless. Like a Jesus hairless, Christ. like a hairless, hairless, like a panther, <laughs> like a hairless, like a. I um, so I just knowing that I've been shaking hands mm. with with men or anyone who's touched a cock recently mm. and having a sort of style imprint on my hand all day as I just go on to eat a pret, like, sub, is ridiculous. To yeah, me. And, and maybe that is that smell that gets pumped out of subway shops. Yeah, it does I smell think so. like balls yeah. <laughs> outside the subway. So I think it's been a, yeah, 2020 has been perfect hindsight, but I look back and my biggest regret is Twitter. As, right. mu- as much as it's been instrumental in me being able to, like, change a couple of laws and help some people with eating disorders. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. But mostly awful. What, what a fucking disaster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now you're back with the living, Jimmy Jamil. Yeah. yeah. And you're having to do lots of... Back lots by of unpopular demand. Back, yeah, back by no, no demand. Uh, what... <laughs> People back, hit... by cler- back by clerical error. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the people, the living, are as obsessed yeah. with films as the dead were, which in a way might is good, I think. The first mm. thing they want to ask you is... What yeah, first was... one second, Brett. Yeah. Can I just tell you how much I love this podcast? I oh. love this podcast. And okay. I love it now more than ever because this feels like a time where we are all having space in our lives to re-engage with how much we love films. God, I love films. So this is perfect. It's off, oh, so do I. I'll tell you I so what. prefer them to real life. <laughs> you know, have I told you, I've told you this, that my memory is entirely based on films and I can't remember anything that happens in life and it's slightly worrying and I have said to partners, they've said, like, what about this holiday? And I'll go, mm. and I think I don't remember that holiday we had. And then they'll mention an actor and I'll go, oh, yeah, from the 1971 film. And I remember where I was when I saw it, who I was with. Basically, if you want to make an imprint on me, you have to, there has to be a film on. 
And if there's a film yeah. on, then I'll remember this moment. All right, that, that happened when that film was on the telly. Do you know what I mean? Is that the same with you and porn, then? You don't remember shags you've had, but you remember shags you've seen? Um, that's a great question. Well, you've, you've, gone, you've gone pinker in the face. So no, no, no. Something... I was, I was uh, pretending to freeze and say that I hadn't a problem with the internet. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, yeah, uh, yeah. If I do, if I don't film sex, I don't remember it. What was the last? <laughs> Jamila, what was what was the last film that you saw? The last film that I saw was twelve hours ago, and it was Deep Impact. <laughs> I fucking love Deep Impact. So do I. It's the, uh, the I... best uh, asteroid film. It's unbelievable, and I cannot believe... The thing that really freaked me out in advance of watching it was how much I would potentially hate the CGI, Mm. because it's been two decades, and look at how much uh, technology has moved on since then. And I remember how much it moved me watching it in the cinema, the IMAX, you know, when the Statue of Liberty's head rolls past the big screen mm. and it completely holds up oh great they must have spent billions on that fucking film because yeah. the cgi is incredible so i've been on a really dark weird uh sort of armageddon binge for the last week and so i've been watching them all i watched 2012 last week i watched uh san andreas i watched um the day after tomorrow and we're watching what are we watching next week? I think Twister next. Oh, Twister, so lovely, doing, flying cow. Yeah, we're doing we're doing films about destruction. We watch Contagion. Have you seen Contagion during seen, it? Contagion's the worst date movie date I ever went on was Contagion. Wait, tell me why. Well, what I took happened? a girl to see Contagion, and it's such an idiot move. Like now, I'm like, why did I do that? But it's a film that makes you not want to ever touch anyone again, ever. And we left, and we didn't. Yeah. We sort of, sort of. Like, I was like. Disc- the idea of kissing each other was, like, disgusting after that film. Yeah. I didn't even want to, like, wave at her. I was like, just get out. <laughs> Un- unconventional hot take. I don't know why that got, like, 85% or whatever on Rotten Tomatoes. I thought that film was shit. Wow. I know. And I don't know. Look, it could be potentially because, you know, like, I watched it two months into this pandemic. So mm. when everything's unfolding, it doesn't seem foreign to me. It's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Don't touch the face. Yeah, we know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got an Arnold. It can get this contagious. Don't do this. Don't do that. Wear a face mask. Yeah. So I think there's a little bit of impatience because I'm, like, jaded now. Mm. I'm I'm pandemic jaded where, you know, I'm like, yeah, yeah, we it's get really it. Hack in it. Yeah, with contagion. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Everyone going out with the bloody gloves on. And so... um so that that possibly uh, made it a problem. But also there's no fucking storyline. No one's got a storyline. They have all these no, super a... actors in it and no one actually does anything. Like <laughs> the French one, Marion Cotillard, just gets randomly kidnapped and like taken to a village. We don't really hear much about that or see what yeah. happens to her. It's like they just dropped in every superstar they could for these weird cameos that didn't really intersect or have much purpose. So that offended me. Wow. As a film lover. I'm going to briefly defend it, if I may. I think what Contagion was meant to be, and I think it did a good job at the time, was like, all these disaster films that you like, here is what it would be like in the real world, looking at it, big picture, government, health officials, all of that. It's not really doing the normal narrative of a hero's journey. It was almost an experiment. And that would be fine, but then like pick one superstar. Let's know Kate Winslet's story. Let's know Gwyneth's story. Let's Kate, just keep peppering what's in like going every on with fucking you? BAFTA member. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I just don't want to, I don't want to see people just for the sake of it. That's, that's all. Cause okay. it felt like then they were just sort of trying to get as many famous people into the title as possible. What was your, than what was one your, character. What was your best so far, best catastrophe film? I, one thing I find really funny watching all of them is that almost all of them revolve around the scientist who gets ignored yeah. being a dad who's somehow like pissed off his wife. And so weirdly he uses the, uh, the, 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 the giant global catastrophe as like a way to slip it back in. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's very much a... Yeah, um... the stepfather always dies. There's a formula. Mm. Uh, stepfather always dies or is a cunt, and then uh, they get back together, and he is the hero who saves the day. Yeah. Um, I really, yeah, I really, I think I think Deep Impact might be, yes. might be my guy. Yes. Yeah. It was great. really great. Yeah. I love it. Mimi Ledder directed it, who directed lots of ER. I mean, I love it. Amazing. Yeah. So I'm, I was very, I was very thrilled with Deep Impact last night and I found it nuanced and interesting and not cliche in any way. So I highly recommend going back through a binge for anyone else who needs to do this. It also just sort of makes you feel like what's happening now then isn't that bad. Yeah. There's something about repeatedly seeing the, um, they'd love to take down the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> <laughs> Classic patriarchy. Uh, no, they, they'd love to head off and it's uh it makes you feel a bit more reassured boy there's a massive woman over there take her down that's what yeah, exactly. it what do you who next question is to me to me who yeah. do you think should play mm-hmm. you in the film of your life now scarlett johansson loves to play an agent <laughs> i know she, i know she i know she'd try and get in yeah but i really feel and i passionately mm. feel but honestly that only Jeff Bridges has the depth. He has the range to play how fucked my life has been. Uh, and just what a colossal uh, mad, mad person I can be. And so I feel like it's Jeff Bridges. Jeff has got me down to a T. I've mm. seen so much of myself in his most extreme characters. So I think... Not Nicholas Jeff- Cage. I was going no. to <laughs> How dare you? Okay, I'm very Sorry. softly spoken. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a screamer. <laughs> it would have been Nicolas Cage had I had I been more of a screamer, but okay. I'm more of a sort of I'm a silent crazy. I'm um I'm Jeff. Lovely. Jeff is my boy. Yeah, and he's like always unbathed, always unkempt in a way that really resonates mm. with me. Very nice. I'd watch that. Um, Great. I think he's probably going to get some Sorry, pushback. Sorry, Scarjo. I think. Well, I just think when they cast it, there is going to be some pushback on Twitter. But since you've left Twitter, you won't know about it. It'll be fine. What yeah, exactly. is the most romantic film you've ever seen? Shallow Hell. Shallow Hell. I'm kidding. Oh my God, <laughs> your face was. It was like you just farted. <laughs> I know. I know. I. I was I was torn on this one. I was up late doing my homework last night and Thank thinking you. about all my favourite films. And when Harry Met Sally obviously came into my head and I was thinking about that and how much I love that film. But mm-hmm. actually, if I'm honest, and maybe this is just where I'm at now in life, Silver Linings Playbook is the film that I think of as one of the most romantic films of all time. And the fact that it centres two very mentally ill people... Mm and their love and it's such an honest sort of naked portrayal of like all of our triggers and our sort of uh, idiosyncrasies and that dance scene and I hate a dance scene in a film and how iconically perfect that dance scene is where she jumps into his arms and his her fanny lands in his face Mm. and they just keep going 
to me is is comedic perfection so not only is it funny but it was so I really cared so much about them falling in love that's a great I don't think that film has come up ever on this podcast so you get an extra point for that well thanks yeah I think it's so underrated and also Robert De Niro's performance as Ah. this just incredibly OCD troubled like dad and how also how how hidden his mental illness is compared to his son and how you realise through all the characters, like everyone's got their thing. The mother is like inc- like a huge enabler and like a highly anxious, strange woman. Yeah. And the brother is just very upset about being shorter and less good looking than Bradley Cooper. And so even though he has achieved everything, no amount he can achieve can make him feel superior to his brother, who's this unequivocal fuck up. But there's just he's just got, got an obsession with him. They're all, it just shows that we're all mad yeah. and all families are mad. And if you're listening to this podcast right now, you're mad, your family's <laughs> mad. Deal with it and love it and accept it about yourself. <laughs> That's the pull quote. You're all fucking mad. Thank yeah. you for coming. <laughs> um, I farted on Christian Bell. <laughs> Fuck off. Yeah. Uh, Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. What is the best film you ever saw that you never want to see again? Do you get me? Yes. Oh, by the way, did I ever tell you about my favourite romantic moment in a movie? No, but I'd love you to. I don't remember what I told you on the last podcast, um, but there was this film, I cannot remember the name of it, it's a French film, Mm -hmm. where you have this taxi driver and his three kids and his wife and... This film follows this family's kind of quite normcore life. And towards the end of the film, the father dies. And he's always had a bad back in his taxi. So his wife gave him a little inflatable cushion to help his back. And after his funeral, his wife walks through a field to his taxi, his empty taxi, which is outside the house. And she sits in his cab in the passenger seat alone. And she finds the little cushion that she bought him, the inflatable one. Mm he'd blown up for himself and she just opened the cap and let the air breathe onto her face because that was the Mm. last of his breath he'd breathed into that so that would be the last time he would slowly breathe on her face again and if i could remember if i could remember the fucking name of the film i would have chosen that but i can just remember that scene and that scene to me embodied the most love i've ever seen portrayed in in film ever was something so simple she didn't cry Mm. she just closed her eyes and breathed in his final breath from his little weird like water bottle type you know air cushion 
That's really beautiful, Jimmy and Jim Hill. It was really beautiful. And it's like, yeah. I feel like that's the love to aspire towards. Yeah. yeah where someone's white cushion, cushion, like, gives you, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> what? gives you tingles. Yeah. I love that. Sorry, I've really thrown you off course. Sorry, yeah, your question. I love it. What's the best film you ever saw that you never want to see again? It was Leaving Las Vegas. Oh, I love that. I can't handle it again. It's such yeah. a great film. He's such an underrated actor because he's just, because he's such a strange <laughs> man and he's made such questionable decisions later. And I think he also got pigeonholed as a screamer. Mm. Uh, I think because of that, they've always put him in the same role again and again and again. But this was when he was still nuanced. This was like his City of Angels day. Mm. And... And leaving Las Vegas, his portrayal of an alcoholic falling in love with this prostitute. I think it's not only one of the great love stories of all time, but also his performance broke my heart, but I could never watch it again. Because it was just too, it was too, it was too all encompassing, too moving, too painful. I couldn't handle it. But the, but I never need to watch it again because it made such a big impression on me. Yeah, I agree. I love, I got obsessed with the soundtrack to that when I was younger I really love that film. And I also think it's romantic in the way that, similarly, have you ever seen The People vs. Larry Flint? Yes. Both of those films have a love story in them that's really, like, fucked up and dark and everyone's a real mess in them, but they really love each other. And it's, Mm -hmm. I love both. There's an ending, I don't want to spoil it, but sort of the ending of both of them is the same. And it's about sex and love and finally being able to, I love it. Good answer. Yeah. Never been said on Thanks. here again. You're, you're, you're yes. two points up. <laughs> What's the best action film you've ever seen? Oh, this is so hard because I've got such an action hard on for Bruce Willis. Hmm. He is my he is my guy, but <laughs> I'm not proud of this answer. And maybe it's just because I've just seen it. But honestly, my mind was fucking blown by San Andreas <laughs> with The Rock. <laughs> That's all right. It's not all right. And I'm deeply ashamed because I have cooler answers. I have cooler answers for you that like more people would appreciate and be like, she's got good taste. She doesn't love movies with the rock in it. But I also can't lie to you because you're my friend. Hey. And I don't, I'm I not a pretentious prick. I love the rock. We spoke about this the last time I was on your podcast that I want to be the pebble. But I, <laughs> I cannot believe how amazing the action in that film is. Mm -hmm. There's this one scene where he has to, with a helicopter, already very precarious uh, object or machinery, um, has to rescue his wife in a building in the middle of an earthquake that is currently falling apart and on fire at the same time. And so the building is continuing to collapse as he is trying to save her from a helicopter. With a helicopter. Yeah, the graphics are outstanding, so I can't like I my I was on the edge of my seat. I could barely eat my noodles. I had uh, anxiety for the rest of the night, and it was just bloody unbelievable. They put so that on San the, They put that on the poster. I could barely eat my noodles. You'll barely, you'll barely eat your noodles. Yeah. <laughs> I um I I cannot believe that I didn't watch this for years. It's such an amazing action mm. movie. It doesn't get anywhere near the credit it deserves. You, you can't go wrong with The Rock. So, you no, can't go wrong with him. Agreed. He don't make bad films. Agreed. He makes bad films. That's a lie. He makes bad films. Name one. Them. That one with Kevin Hart. Jumanji? No. Yeah. No, Jumanji was great. Uh, no, amazing. the other one he made where they go, they're like, I don't oh, remember exactly. Oh, in, in Central Intelligence. 
yes, that's the one. It's like it's. It, I enjoyed watching it still because I objectively like them both. Yeah. But that's that's a piece of shit, isn't it? Let's be real. Okay, let's move on. Of all, uh, of all, <laughs> of all the films, right? This question I've written, and some people don't understand it, and I'm not sure I do. But let's ask it. <laughs> of all the films, okay. If you had to, which film do you think you could have made, and why? Yeah. So okay, I don't understand. <laughs> Okay. What the fuck do you mean? Here's what I think I mean, and I might have to reword this question. I think I mean, without you being all, you know, self-deprecating, oh, I couldn't make a film, you probably could. But, so, that aside, if you could make a film, had had the stuff and the ability, I guess what I'm saying is, what film do you think sort of reflects your sensibilities? As in, have you seen a film where you're going, ah, oh, that's, I could have made that, that's right up my street in terms of my creative interests and my philosophies and whatever. Do you know what I mean? So when I first heard that question, my honest answer is her. Great. Because A, I love that film and it's that sort of like, even though it's not made by Sofia Coppola, it's got that same sort of aesthetic that uh, that I love. She's very much in it, I think. Yeah, and the pinks and the tones and everything. Like it's just, it's shot in such a sexy and it doesn't need to be explicit at any point. Everything is implied and it's so beautiful and hot. And that's something I like because I'm really bad with explicit sex scenes. I get very shy. Right. uh, And nervous, even watching them on my own. Um, It's like incredibly shy and nervous watching sex scenes. That's why I haven't watched normal people yet because everyone keeps telling me about the scene sex scenes. And I'm just like, I can't, I physically can't do it. I can't cope at all. I've always been like this. But the idea of a film in which you fall in love with your technology, mm-hmm. a piece of technology, just resonates so deeply with me because of how much I love my phone. That I can imagine a love story between me and my phone because mm-hmm. there are a few things. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't want to be this person because I feel like we're millennials. Like We're supposed to be like, yeah, no, I just hate my phone. I'm actually thinking about getting a landline, actually, and like, <laughs> <laughs> and like making my own shoes. Um and I want to be that person who reads books, like physical books, but I'm not. I'm a fucking cyborg arsehole who just loves the internet. I love Wi-Fi and I love the internet so passionately. And my screen time during this pandemic is, I'm not proud of this, it's down 8% to 11 and a half hours. So I could easily make a film about how much I love my laptop. Or so my you've phone. had more screen time outside yeah. of a pandemic? No, no, during the pandemic. No, it's just that week to week. It's just, oh, that, it's that just all I'm a... saying is that... This week, I'm it's only I'm been in eleven hours. And I'm down. Okay, well, I'm proud of you. That's great. Thanks. <laughs> That's really good. You're getting. Yeah. It makes me wonder, like, when I ever see my boyfriend. Well, I guess you see him. You just go on his Instagram or whatever, and face, I Facetime him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> from the other room. Um, so I, yeah, I t- I'm obsessed with technology. I love it. I'm not very good at it, but mm-hmm. I just love what it can do for me. And I think because I am a huge consumer of TV, film, and music, why would I not want this little portable great library yeah. on me all the time? Why would I want to look at you when I could look at my phone, Brett? When you could look at me through your phone, I get it. I get it. It's much yeah. more manageable as well because you can turn it away. Oh, it's how I love it. it's I'm... how you like relationships. Totally in control of your hand, you could turn it off. Yeah, and it's hugely, it's hugely uh, worsened, I would say, my social anxiety. Oh, massively, it's massively enabled me. For sure. 
And I don't know how to do anything for myself now, like because I, I don't need to do anything for myself because mm. I've got my phone, Steve. You've got Siri, Steve. Yeah, Steve's my phone. Do you know that <laughs> give, I, give him a name? I made um, I, I changed my name in my phone to uh, Big Penis, and I said to <laughs> No, I didn't know. That. Well, and it was and it really like stitched me up because I said to uh, my girlfriend, I said, ask my phone what my name is. And she said, what's his name? And Siri said, his name is Brett, but he's told me to call him Big Penis. <laughs> so I was like, you <gasps> motherfucker. Outed you. That's amazing. God, yeah. the phones are coming back to kill us, aren't they? Yeah. I'm so glad I never got Siri because I, I had no patience. I would speak to shit like Siri and then Siri would come back and murder me in my sleep. Mm. They're yeah. remembering everything. Every single thing you've ever said. Yeah. They remember all of it and they're going to come back and get you. Oh, God. What is a film? The film that God. you've pretended to like to impress people. Oh, this is awkward because I know the director, but fuck it. Uh, Birdman. I don't get it. <laughs> I didn't fucking get it. And I know that was bad and I'm supposed to love, and it's full of loads of people that I love. Yeah. But I just didn't fucking care. You know what? I didn't care. I didn't care. I didn't understand. I got confused. <laughs> and then I left. <laughs> that sounds like a good night out. That's yeah. a proper night. That's an art house film. You saw an art house film. It's, just, it's most shags I've ever had. <laughs> I didn't get it. I'm quite confused. I left. <laughs> uh, fair enough. I don't understand yeah. the ending. Yeah, I've said it. I've said it on here before. Yeah. I don't understand. It, what it. Like, it just. It was. Tr- it was trying to do too much. And mm. it, and again, it's a bit like um, Contagion, where it's like, oh, you've got. Almost too many amazing people in it. You're underusing them. I just didn't feel like it. It fulfilled its potential, and I then feel like it caught like wildfire. It's a bit like one of those films, like Francis Ha. You know that Noah Baumbach film. It was like everyone hears that other people are saying how great it is, and so therefore they go on to do the same. And it's just sort of it's peer pressure, and I felt peer pressure at the time to like Birdman, and I just don't ever want to see it ever again. I'm angry talking about it right now. Yeah, so the, so the Oscars is basically peer pressure. I think that's true. The Oscars, by the way, can we just talk about the Oscars yeah, for a second? Okay. The reality of the fucking Oscars is that all you have to do is once you get nominated, mm-hmm. uh, you have to basically spend four months going to old people's homes and begging them to give you the Oscar, and you have to bring them gifts and charm them so you'll have like five nominees let's say five best actors or actresses or whatever they're all best friends at the beginning and they're all like oh you know it's like we've already won just because we're nominated it's like we've won already we're sisters and we're in this together we're not going to be a cliche week one everyone fucking divide and conquer everyone splits off and they go after different academy members the reason it's an old people's homes mostly is because the academy members are so fucking old so it's like a game Mm. of charm a lot of the time which i think is quite soul destroying yeah and now because i can say this as well because i'll never be nominated or win an oscar so i'm not worried that this soundbite will come back to get me (laughs) but it is um it's very strange and corrupt like and scary and competitive that system have you heard about this before? yeah it's i think there's a lot of uh darkness about the oscars really isn't there yes and yeah a lack of darkness because there's no people who are dark (laughs) well and then and then they they occasionally get it right but then i feel like like this year they got it right and they gave it to parasite but i think they were so desperate to go look look look, we 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 got an ethnic that they gave (laughs) that they gave it 
the same award twice by mistake. <laughs> like they gave it best film and best international film. And I think when that happened, they probably looked at each other like, oh, are we, does that, oh, fuck it. Oh, okay. <laughs> What a great film, though. What a masterpiece. Oh, magnificent. What is the film that you can only watch alone? I don't want to tell you. Okay. Well, I'm afraid you have to because of the contract. I'm not saying this to be funny, but I love Mm -hmm. glitter. I think think that, again, has not come up before. I love love glitter. Yeah, do you find it inspiring? And I... I'm so moved by Mariah Carey's performance mm. in that film and I love the songs and I love the storyline and I really hate her love interest, but that's okay because she's so... I'm a die-hard Mariah Carey fan. Mm. Die-hard to the death. I'd give her several of my organs if she asked, even right. if she didn't need them. She just like wanted them on her shelf. Uh, <laughs> it's yeah, I love her and I loved that film and I actually think she's a really underrated actress and I think the soundtrack is amazing and the soundtrack isn't fucking available anywhere what? so I can't buy it. So if anyone out there knows how to get the sound the soundtrack of Glitter, I would love to get it. That's uh, fantastic. Bizarre. Bizarre, but that's my that's my guilty pleasure. I've not told anyone until probably now how much I love that film and I do watch it frequently listen glitter was um was a sacrificial lamb do you know that glitter was what do you mean well because glitter came out the week that 9-11 happened right and because 9-11 happened and it was so dark yeah and because it was so dark and so if you watch uh like jay leno all the talk show the late night talk shows because there was nothing to joke about everyone just joked about glitter so glitter became this sort of the one joke you can do that week is how bad glitter is. And so people like piled on, piled on and it became, it's clearly not the worst film of all time, but because they had no jokes, it was the sacrificial lamb. Mariah Carey like laid her life, her her film career down so that we could have a laugh. Like it was career interruptingly badly received. Yeah, but it was purely because of 9-11, I think, because people needed something to make a joke about that week. And that oh was it. Oh, my God. Well, I love that film. I, I stand by it. 9-11 or no 9-11. She's my girl. Great answer. <laughs> Has anyone said that on the show yet? It's never come up. <laughs> <laughs> Has it ever actually come up in your adult life of conversations? I don't believe I've ever had a conversation about glitter, and that is why I love <laughs> this podcast. What is the film you would... Oh, yeah. What is the film you would show a lover as a test to see if you should be together? Okay, it was Four Lions, but then I spoke about Four Lions at such length in the last time I did your podcast that I was like, I'm coming back with something new. Okay. So, and this is genuinely something I use as, I call it a shitmas test Mm -hmm. of whether or not someone is shit, uh, obviously. And it's what we do in the shadows. Right. I don't know anyone who feels as passionately about that film as I do. But I watched it five times in the cinema the week that it came out. That's nice. <laughs> Which nobody does anymore. People don't even go to the cinema to watch non-Marvel films. But I went to see that five times and I took a different person with me every single time because I wanted to experience them experience mm. the film because that's how genius I think it is. And I'm such a big fan of them and Taika Waititi. Yeah. Uh, that for me is just like that's such a perfect brand of humour, in my opinion, and a perfect film. So if James didn't like that film, you wouldn't be together. 
100%. He cried with laughter, and that's uh, when I knew I would love him forever. Jamila Jamil, what film that you've never seen do you think it's mad that you've never seen? Harry Potter. That is mad. What is the, the film that made you most uncomfortable? But wait, just so we know, Harry Potter, that is that is an unusual one, right? Harry Potter? <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. just checking. I said I that's worried. mad. You didn't, you didn't react to that at all. So I was like, oh, shit, maybe no one else has seen it either. Uh, I, said, I just hate I hate children and magic. So the combo of that is just my well, fucking a, nightmare. That's a really bad one for you, yeah. Yeah. I, um, okay, so... <laughs> I said it was mad. Okay, well, I didn't... <laughs> Sorry. We, let's do it again. We'll do a retake. No. We'll do a retake. No. A film... What film, no. what film is it mad that you've never seen? Harry Potter. What the fuck? Thank you. That is mad. Are you all right? Yeah. What's the film that made you the most uncomfortable? The film that made me the most uncomfortable was Force Majeure. Oh, my God, that is the perfect answer. I thought I was going to die of anxiety watching that film. I only saw it recently, uh, I think maybe a couple of months ago for the first time. I'd heard about it, heard about it, and I'd loved his other film, The Square. Yeah. Uh, which I thought was just such a strange fucking masterpiece. Mm-hmm. But this was iconic. What a storyline. What yeah. an idea for a film, for starters. The fact that, and for those who don't know, you have to go and watch this film because it's so exceptional. Mm. There's a man who's on like a ski holiday in a chalet with his wife and kids. Uh, what appears to be an avalanche starts thundering towards them thundering isn't the word i wanted to use but we're going with that now yeah. uh it starts coming towards them at speed and he leaves his wife and children and runs to save himself and it's about and picks up his phone grabs his phone picks, and runs. grabs his phone and runs and so everyone survives this avalanche and turns out to be okay but now he's left for the rest of this holiday with everyone knowing mm. that he got up and ran to save himself and left his wife and two very small children to fend for themselves in an avalanche. And, and that sort of unravels the, I mean, you can't imagine how awkward this film is until you see it where he's also kind of weirdly in denial throughout the entire film about his own actions and his own cowardice. And it's such a great play on like talking about masculinity Mm. and men's roles as they're supposed to be the protector and emasculation and, love and what your role is supposed to be in selfishness uh, and marriage the impossibility of marriage it's just such an uncomfortable film and the longer he goes on denying it and gaslighting his wife it just makes you feel sick yeah so it's it's really funny and really smart and well worth a watch and, and they say all this in the trailer anyway so i haven't ruined it no you haven't uh i'd highly recommend that film that is a stressful film yeah, really, about the really. The death of masculinity. My it's God. Really, the conversations between them, especially whenever they're in front of other people and mm. he's trying to gaslight her about it. And she's not, she's getting drunker and drunker throughout the yeah. film and just like going buck wild, totally going off course and, and uh, saying whatever she needs to say to confront him. Just watching the way it, it tears them apart is just agonizing and hilarious at the same time. And great supporting role performances as well from their friends. Oh, yeah. What a movie. Great choice. Yeah, great film. I wish more people would see Force Majeure, and I think they get put off because it's a subtitled film, but it's 100% worth it. Yeah. 
If you could show a child, I know you don't like them, all magic, but if you could show yeah. a child one film, what would it be? The Purge. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah. that that is the most accurate depiction of what the world is becoming now, and I want them to be warned. I think this foo-foo shit that we've been doing, showing them, like, birds that, like, dress you and, and crabs that sing and help, has just left all of us. Look at us. We're fucking useless, Brett. Mm-hmm. We are fucking useless because we thought everything was going to be great. We thought everything was going to be beautiful. We thought it was going to be safe. We thought animals were our friends. And, and they are to some some of them, but now we feel entitled to all of them. We thought the world was going to be a great place full of music. And it's not. It's full of just like death and Prince Albert piercings and murder and bad weather and... <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone. We hope you are staying safe, staying sane, and keeping positive. I believe that we should tell, we should scare the fucking shit out of children so that they're ready for this world. And also, mm. I feel like it's going to become the purge soon. The purge is coming. You don't think it's coming? I think it's. All right, fine. I'll change my answer. Big. I think we should. Show, I think big. I'll show a child. What, big. a film about a pedo? Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, is the purge coming? Listen, the, 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 it could do. It, I think it's quite hard to get the purge through the Senate, but not impossible currently. No, not under Trump. But, but I. Yeah, but I think I, there's probably quite a lot of things in the way of that becoming a, a law, and it, right. it's complicated. But I, listen, I'm not against it. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying. Yeah, I would. I'd show them that film just to be like, "This is what you're coming into." Remember, so, I uh, introduced uh, you as our next. <laughs> <laughs> I introduced <laughs> you as our next uh, president, and now we know what your first um, edict will be. Is that what presidents do? <laughs> <laughs> All primary schools just watching the purge, <laughs> the purge. and then actually implementing the purge. Um, yeah. Okay, here we are. We've come out of the page. Oh, we were out of the Patreon section again. Whoa, bloody hell, that was special, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> that felt very exclusive. God, uh, it was. I had my tits out the whole time. <laughs> you missed that on the video. Uh, only one way to see him. <laughs> Join the Patreon. <laughs> the only time you're going to lose money on the Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> right, so. Um, We've come to the end. You've been excellent again. Now, uh, I brought you back to life. That doesn't mean that I will necessarily let you live. But I've decided, based on your answers, for the time being, you can live a bit longer. However, there's a lawyer come to visit and he wants to do your will. And he's basically said, you don't have a lot of stuff. What all he needs to know is you can leave one DVD in your will to your loved ones. If you were to ever die again, what DVD are you leaving in your will to your loved ones? This was such a horrific and agonising question Mm. because there are so many films that I love so passionately. But I think the film that I... And I don't know if I said this in the last one before or not. I'm so sorry if I did. But um, the film I'm the most jealous of not having written and the film I think is the most astounding and will never be matched or uh, they can never make another version of it Mm -hmm. is eternal sunshine of the spotless mind. To me, that is one of the greatest masterpieces ever. The performances are perfect. The idea of it is so beyond what I can imagine any human being being able to fathom that it makes me feel sick. Everyone went on about how amazing and complicated inception was inception didn't have shit on eternal sunshine of the spotless mind and how much heart 
they 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 put into something so complex and fresh to me is just I'm so I'm so jealous that it keeps me up at night that I didn't yeah. have something to do with making that film. That is the film that haunts me and is probably why I'll never be a screenwriter because that's the bar. Perfect. So Jimena, good luck Jimena. showing me any of your films, Brett. Mila Jimio, thank you for being resurrected. Is there anything you would like to tell anyone to look out for or listen to or plug? Oh, oh let me um, plug your podcast because your podcast is fucking oh. brilliant. Thank you. you had some amazing guests and I would highly recommend that people listen to it. It's basically Jamila in a room swearing at very, very famous people. (laughs) (laughs) That's an amazing way to describe it. Um, I, uh, yeah, I have a podcast at the moment. It's called I Weigh with Jamila Jamil and um, Brett's going to be a guest on it very soon. But um, Mm. but I also have actual celebrities uh, like... um, (laughs) <laughs> I have um, I've got a very vast, a very vast range of guests, anywhere from doctors and writers to activists to A-list Hollywood stars and big famous musicians like Demi Lovato, Reese Witherspoon, Billy Porter, um, Roxanne Gay. Many, many more are coming on. I've just booked some unbelievably exciting guests who I can't tell you about yet. But um, it's a chat about mental. It's a very, very, very frank and personal chat about mental health that we try to make uh, silly wherever we can. Well, I try to make silly wherever I can Mm. and inject as much vulgarity as is humanly possible towards the most dignified guests. Yes, and you really succeeded. You really succeeded. Thank you. Um, And I've really enjoyed doing that. So, yeah, we're on week seven, so you haven't got that much to catch up on. And if you'd like to to listen to this strange podcast about mental health then and shame, then you are welcome. Mm. It's very good. Was, a, was that a bad sell? Sorry. <laughs> no, you had me at um, injecting filth and shame. Sounded like a hot date. Jamil, Jamil, <laughs> thank you for your time and your custom. <laughs> Please. <laughs> uh, if, if, I, if you ever, uh, this may not be the last time, but it certainly was a hell of a sequel. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Maybe it will end up as a trilogy, but for now, this brings us to the end. Have a wonderful life. I hope you have all the morphine that you desire. Good May we to all. You. Love you, Brett. Love you too. So that was episode 106. Head over to patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein for the extra 15 minutes of chat, secrets and the full uncut video with Jamila. Go to iTunes. I think we're men to call it now Apple Podcasts. Is that right? I don't know. One of them. You know what I mean though, don't you? If you could give us a five star rating and write about the film that means the most to you and why, it's a lovely thing to read and it does help our numbers and it's really appreciated and it means Maureen can keep living in the manner she's accustomed to. Thank you so much to Jamila Jamil for being as excellent as always. Thanks to Scroobius Pip and the Distraction Pieces Network. Thanks to Buddy Peace for producing it. Thanks to Acast for hosting it. Thanks to Adam Richardson for the graphics. Lisa Lydon for the photography. Come and join me next week for an incredible episode with the brilliant Mr. Rob Delaney. So that is it for now. Have a lovely week. And please, now more than ever, be excellent to each other.
Sometimes I dream of becoming an actor. Have you ever dreamt of becoming an actor? Maureen, what is it you think I'd do for a living? Never mind. Sounds like you need the New York Film Academy. NIFA offers workshops, BFA and MFA degrees and summer camps in filmmaking, acting, journalism and more online and on campuses across the globe. To make films alongside industry professionals, explore more at nyfa.edu. Thanks, Brett. Thank you, Maureen. Maureen, your Canva presentation looks brilliant. Thanks, Brett. That's because I used AI-powered Canva presentations. I just described what I wanted and Canva presentations generated the perfect slides. You can even make a talking presentation for people to watch on their own time. Check this out. Recording. 101 Reasons Why Beaches is the Saddest Film Ever Made by your neighbour Maureen. Is it easy to use? If you can use a computer, you can nail your next work presentation with Canva Presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Oh, thanks, my neighbour Maureen. No, thank you.